Recorded live. Hi, this is Dr. Paul Fitzgerald, and I have the privilege today of uh, interviewing Tony Ciccarillo, who has been a longtime member, probably founding member, of the Theology and Peace Conference. And I had had the fortune to meet Tony uh, a few years ago and to serve with him on that on that board. And uh, Tony, uh, it's a pleasure to have you today. Well, thank you. Let's get a little context. And where do you live? I live in uh, Elmira, New York, which is in the western, uh, upstate western part of New York State. And you've lived there most of your life? I lived there since 1962. I was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, Went to school, uh, high school uh, and college uh, in in, uh, Brooklyn and in New New York City. And... um, then uh, from uh, college, I went to Georgetown University Dental School and uh, uh, graduated uh, from dental school in 1959. Okay, all right. Well, um, those, of the, those who are listening to this who are familiar with Theology and Peace know that uh, to be involved with that, you're probably uh, interested and informed about Rene Girard, and you wanted to share a bit about Rene's recent passing. Yes, I, I, I did, uh, uh, Paul. Just interestingly enough, uh, just before this interview, the mail came, and there's a friend of mine uh, um, who sent me this obituary of Rene Girard um, uh, from the uh, um, London tablet. And, uh, the, uh, and uh, it, it's by Michael Kerwin, who was uh, the, uh, a friend of, of um, Gerard's, and, and, and Rene just died uh, recently, the 4th of November uh, of this year. And um, uh, he talks about in, in his uh, 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 obituary about the insights of medic theory that Gerard um, uh, has given us and uh, how important it has been for um, focusing our uh, attention on uh, the development of culture and the role of the scapegoat. And uh, it just was really uh, interesting and, and reviewed for me so much of what Rene Girard has meant. And it was a very nice thing he says in his little letter. He said, uh, whenever I see anything about Rene Girard on Mime- or Mimesis, I think of you. Thought you might like to see this from the tablet, so that was just uh, just happened to come this morning, and uh, and so uh, in Elmira, whenever we get the chance, we do like to talk about uh, about about Renee. So certainly, uh, certainly, yeah. Well, um, before we talk about your uh, kind of conversion to uh, mimetic theory and Renee Girard from the early, share with us a bit about uh, your some of the spiritually forming events in your life. Uh, yes. Okay, Paul. Um, well, as uh, I mentioned, uh, you know, I had uh, graduated from uh, dental school in 59. I got married in 59 also, uh, and I had four daughters, uh, and I practiced dentistry for a while in New York City, and then uh, we moved to Elmira, New York, and it just happened to be because... Um, I had known something about a monastery here, a Benedictine place called uh, Mount Savior Monastery. And Mount Savior uh, and Damasus Winson, who was the founder, 
uh, was very much involved in the liturgical movement uh, in the Catholic Church, and mm-hmm. I had um, uh, had a great deal of interest in that, and so that brought us here and uh, raised our family here, and uh, uh, actually, uh, so many interesting things had happened. One day, and I want to just tell you this story. Uh, I had a patient who, in in uh, in the office, uh, a Presbyterian minister who had been to a place in Pennsylvania called Kirkridge. And uh, Kirkridge was a uh, a retreat center in the Poconos of Pennsylvania, Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. And uh, he introduced me to the place, and uh, I had been visiting there for weekend retreats, which were always very, very fine, and uh, there were always religious, uh, scriptural uh, scholars that came to talk about a current understanding uh, of Scripture. And I happened to be there at one event uh, in which uh, the, the uh, group called The Company was being formed. And the idea it was that it was a congregation of, 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 of people committed to the uh, Kirkridge for the quest for inner light and outward, outward action. And I had really didn't know anything about the company. I just happened to be there, and they were establishing a uh, uh, committee, uh, a steering committee. We didn't have, there wasn't a board or anything, and they needed Catholic people to serve on this, and I happened to fill that role. And so uh, um, our group started, and it really turned out to be, uh, this was now in 1974, a very formative thing for me in my uh, Christian development and, and maturity, and we were a dispersed community. We met four times a year. We met uh, a couple of times at Kirkridge, and these were all weekend retreats, like from Friday to Sunday afternoon, Sunday noon, uh, and we would meet then in people's home areas. Uh, sometimes people would come to Elmira we had a, a, a big contingent from a place from State College. And so uh, it, it just, again, was a, a very a formative uh, um, community for me. It was originally um, uh, founded by John Oliver Nelson and was formed uh, and, uh, on the basis of the Iona community from Scotland. A fellow called George McLeod came and he... Uh, 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 inspired Jack Nelson, and in 1942, this group was formed, and it's been going on for many years, and it's and is actually still going on now. Uh, so we uh, would have speakers, and uh, we would have interaction between each other, and it was a community of men and women, and we uh, shared our struggles and, and insights into uh, the things that we were doing. Uh, we had a lot of interesting people come. Uh, the the uh, our group uh, leader was a fellow called Rustam Roy, who was from State College, and we would have people like Harvey Cox come. Sure. Time he had just uh, published Secular City. Uh, Ivan Illich uh, was there. Rosemary Ruther, uh, Ram- wow. uh, Ramando Ramundo Panikar. These were some of the real big, the people that came, and uh, one of the themes always was how action flowed out of faith and how we were all responsible to uh, be committed uh, to acting out our faith. And one of the uh, little, one of the term, it wasn't a little term, but it was a, 
something uh, always in the back of our heads uh, was we were to picket and we were to pray. And so ah. it was this uh, internal and the uh, external uh, aspects of, of, of our life. So, right. Um, well, you mentioned that, uh, in a conversation one time that you had done a number of volunteer uh, tours or travels yes. with was that was that a part of that group? Was that a, out of that group's uh, activity, or was it a, just a side of that? It was it was a part of the of this group's activity from the standpoint that uh, it was this group was the inspiration for this action. Mm-hmm. And basically, uh, in about nineteen, I think it was about nineteen eighty nine, nineteen ninety. Um, I, uh, uh, all my daughters were grown, and I was looking for something to uh, volunteer as a dentist. And I came across a group called Medical, which is Medical Eye Dental International Care Organization. And uh, this group uh, um, uh, sponsored tours in Honduras. And they were medical and eye people and dental people. And so I volunteered with the group. And we would go down for a week at a time, and I went down there each for actually uh, I think it was about 23 years. Uh, every uh, every January, I'd go down, take all of my uh, equipment with me. Uh, the team uh, had uh, we had an executive director in Austin, Texas, and that she would set up uh, um, uh, with local host organizations uh, visits for our uh, medical group. And we would go into San Pedro Sula, and then would, uh, from there into small mountainous villages and set up shop. And uh, sure. uh, we would uh, treat uh, people, uh, and uh, I would doing pretty much a lot of the things I just do in my office. I was able to do fillings, but most of the things we did was surgery, uh, extraction of teeth, and relief sure. of dental pain, which was really sure. critical thing. So it was That's a very right. um, moving. Uh, and and transformative experience for me, this volunteer work in, in these rural areas, and you just got a different perspective on patient-doctor uh, relationships that I, 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 could, I could relieve pain. I, you know, I could do things for person, people, and here was somebody who needed something, and uh, and they uh, by working together, uh, uh, we we could uh, make things better. And we were uh, I helped the, the 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 patient, and the patient uh, helped me and made give me a, a better understanding of of both of our humanity. So it was just a very transformative experience. This uh, uh, this uh, medical dental. Um, uh, a program that we had, and as I say, it went on for many years, and then um, uh, I stopped a few years back when I retired from dentistry. Well, it had to be very, very satisfying feeling to you. Um, let's talk a bit about uh, now. You've been involved with the Theology and Peace Conference at probably even before it began officially. Uh, talk about your conversion and introduction to Rene Girard. I mean, you. You talked about a number of names that uh, were very uh, popular names, but I didn't hear Rene Girard. So how did you find out about him, and uh, what was your conversion to understanding biomedic theory like? Well, uh, basically, 
2004, as I said, I uh, worship at uh, Mount Savior Monastery, and there was a group called uh, the Emmaus Group, and they would have a program each year uh, discussing various themes. And uh, I had attended this one just uh, just by chance, and I uh, met um, I met uh, Tony Bartlett. Oh yeah. And Tony Bartlett uh, talked about his book. He had just published this book. Now, we're talking about uh, 2004 for Cross Purposes, The Violent Grammar of Christian Atonement. And this book really uh, moved me uh, because it talked about understand, the way we understood God and whether God was a violent God. And, and it talked about... Um, uh, atonement and uh, uh, and how we understood atonement and uh, and violence and also he spoke about uh, um, understanding Jesus in the abyss of our lives. Abyss was a way of understanding the transformative work of Christ. And so those things I, I didn't they were all kind of new to me. And so a couple of us uh, actually. Um, uh, sat down uh, and would read the book together. Uh, and on some occasions, actually, we asked Tony to come. Elmira is about two hours away from uh, uh, from uh, Syracuse, which is where uh, Tony lived. And so he would come down, and we'd have all these uh, these particular discussions. And sure. so I, I, it, it, one thing led to another. Uh, and so Tony says to me, you know, uh, you're so interested in these ideas why don't we go together to a cover meeting? I says, okay. I says, what is that? And you know, cover uh, is, uh, is an acronym for the Colloquium on Violence and Religion. And this was now again uh, in 2004. So okay. I went, uh, our group, our Kirkridge, company at Kirkridge Group, actually had just kind of stopped meeting just because uh, people were getting older, and, and, and this person died, and that one, uh, this happened to someone else, and there were no young people coming on board. And so when this thing cropped up with Tony, I said, "Well, you know, that's great. Let's let's try this." And so we went to the uh, co- uh, uh, to the um, uh, meeting of uh, Cover, which was in Abiquiu, New Mexico, mm. and in at, and it was at Ghost Ranch. Right. And the topic was on uh, the scapegoat theory, uh, which offered a and, and, and this I just found this little literature about it, which offered groundbreaking insights towards the understanding of human violence and its origin in rivalrous desire. So that was my first uh, exposure to uh, uh, to mimetic theory in, uh, in in a group in a very formal way. Oh, there's an interesting story about that. Um, um, I, I, while we were there, uh, Tony uh, uh, evidently had met Rene Girard on a number of occasions. And so he says, let me introduce you to him. I says, okay. <laughs> and he says, oh, my gosh, what am I going to say here? Um, and so he, says, so he says, this is Tony Chicarello, you know, and, and, uh, and he's a dentist. So the first thing that comes out of Renee's mouth is he starts talking about his teeth. 
<laughs> he was having an implant done on an upper molar area, and there was some problem about the size of his sinus, and they couldn't get the uh, appropriate length of an implant in there, and they were going to do a sinus lift, and he wanted to have my opinion about this uh, procedure. And I, and I said, oh, wow. wow. Hey, that that's really good, <laughs> and it worked well. So that was my that was my uh, introduction and my um, um, uh, to Renee and our little discussion. I just had a oh, that's fantastic. Thank you, thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so you went you went to you went to cover with uh, with Tony. Of course, having Tony as a teacher, my medic there it was a great experience. Yes. So so how did it move forward to kind of evolve into a separate conference? Okay, from there, uh, from there, Paul, um, we're leaving that conference. This is, again, this old dental connection, which we're leaving the conference. Or during the conference, who do we meet? Uh, but, uh, as a matter of fact, it was just on the last day, we meet Michael Harden. Okay. Michael Harden, as people know, is the person who uh, he and uh, Laurie Harden um, had a group called Preaching Peace, and this they still are going. And Michael had um, um, uh, just written a book, or was just about, or was in the process of writing the Jesus Driven Life. And so Michael is uh, very much involved in mimetic theory and has written a lot about it. So we had, uh, I didn't know him, and, and Tony Bartlett didn't know him. So we're on our way to the airport with Michael. And again, he finds out that I'm a, a dentist. Now, at that time, he was, um, they had been living in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And he had some d- dental problems. <laughs> Might, uh, and, and so he said to me, can you help me? And I, and he, uh, you know, they were struggling. And I said, yeah, sure, well, Michael, just, you know, let me know. And, and, and uh, Lancaster's not that far from Elmira. And so he he drove up, and we were taking care of uh, some of his dental uh, needs and problems. So on the way home, then uh, Mike, uh, uh, he goes his way, and Tony B. and I, Bartlett and I are coming home. And uh, I spell, I said to uh, I said to Tony, listen, maybe we can do something at Mount Savior Monastery on mimetic Rene Girard's ideas and mimetic theory. And okay. he thought it was a good idea, and we uh, uh, talked more when we got home and fleshed things out. And so I put together a program at Mount Savior for a weekend back uh, in um, uh, at Mount Savior. Now, this is now August 28th of, uh, of uh, 2004, called Understanding Violence in the Bible. Living the Christian Life in the 21st Century. And, wow, great uh, title. Yes. <laughs> and uh, uh, and so, uh, so we asked Michael to come. So Michael came, uh, and Tony came, and we had a program from Friday till Sunday. We had about 30 people. Just There were local people in Elmira, and it worked very, very well. And, uh, again, the emphasis uh, uh, that uh, always came through to me is that um, that violence was the single most important issue facing the world. You know, this is 04, it's the same thing in 2015, and, uh, exactly. and so we put together this program, and it was 
very, very successful, and it generated a great deal of enthusiasm in Michael Harden and in Tony Bartlett, so much so that the following year, uh, Michael Harden put together a program at a, a, a place called, called Painted Post, it's just a corning New York, at Watson Homestead, uh, and it was called uh, Making Peace Conference uh, 2005, Tools for Living the Vision of Jesus. And so all of these ideas of René Girard uh, was also then developed at this conference. And, and at that particular conference, now this is in, uh, let's see, 05, I have a picture I, I was able to uh, find. Let's see. And who's there but Brad Dyke, who was the past president of Theology and Peace, uh-huh. Tom Truby, Oh, yeah. Shannon Mullen. Now, this is here in Corning. You know, this is in 05. Shannon Mullen and, of course, wow. Michael and Lori Harden. And Michael was actually the one who put the conference together. Mary McKinney, uh, Tony Bartlett, of course. And then another uh, uh, a minister, Nancy Hitt, or Height. Uh, she was at that time from uh, uh, Boston area, and she now lives in, in New Mexico. So, at any rate, those were the first... Um, uh, getting together of um, uh, 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 of, of uh, theology and peace. So uh, that's 2005. Now theology and peace kind of organizes a board. So I assume there was some kind of meeting in 2006, and then yes. uh, and then uh, some decision to make it um, um, a board and a more formal uh, national kind of. That's correct. And so uh, uh, from there, uh, uh, Michael had um, uh, other um, uh, events in Lancaster, right. Pennsylvania, and uh, mm-hmm. they were preaching, they were called Making Peace, and he was, uh, it was the, uh, from his Preaching Peace group. And then, uh, so, that, so there was an 06. And there was an O of 2007, which was in uh, both of these times, 06 and 07, were in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and the theme was Making Peace. And then we went to a place called, uh, in 2008, which was uh, a, a place called uh, Bon Secours in Maryland. And the yes. title was Nonviolence, Forgiveness, and Peace. And it was at that conference that we were first developed the name of Theology and Peace. And, uh, uh, and I had, um, and so Tony Bartlett was very much involved with that. Uh, another person, Mary McKinney, was there. And they were at that time starting, uh, they wanted a formal board of directors, and they had asked me if I would join the board at that time. But so it was in May 2008 that were, that uh, it was the first time it was called uh, theology and peace. Yeah. Now you recently um, uh, resigned or shifted from the treasurer of the board. Have you been treasurer of theology and peace since the beginning? Uh, no, no. Uh, let me just <laughs> continue here on this. Uh, okay. And, sure. um, so basically, I joined the board, and then the first meeting. Uh, after that was in uh, Technic Towers in, in Chicago, where we had 
where we had our uh, conference, this past conference, and where we will be going to in the future. And I was on the board of directors, and so I did not have a, 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 a position as an officer okay. uh, from to June 2009. Then we went to June 2010. We were again in Chicago at uh, North Park University. Uh, Michael Harden actually went to the seminary there, and that's one of the reasons why that was chosen. From there, we then went to um, uh, Notre Dame of Maryland in Baltimore, and the theme at that of that 2011 was transforming Christianity. Uh, and at that time, let's see, uh, Mary McKinney, I believe, was still was the treasurer at that okay. time, and uh, she then left that position. And I became treasurer, uh, and uh, well, right after that conference, and uh, and was the treasurer in 2012 uh, until until to, until uh, just recent until now, when um, uh, a new person, uh, Suella Gerber, has now become the treasurer. So that's right. some of the the transitions that have happened. Uh, so we were in in Notre Dame of Maryland. Uh, Christian community amid cultural crisis, and then uh, we went to Chapel Hill. Um, and then I should tell you, well, go ahead. Is there something further that you might want to ask about? Uh, uh... Well, just uh, I, I, I think right now I want to thank you for your hard work in making the Theology and Peace Conference work. That's obviously been a, a labor of love. And uh, I will ask you this. Um, Looking back from the beginning to now, as you've yes. seen it develop, yes. what, uh, what's your perspective on, on how it's grown and uh, how it's changed or developed, uh, however you want to phrase that? Yes. Uh, well, you know, my, uh, my role, I've always seen my role uh, uh, as a board member or uh, 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 as treasurer is to make the, these conferences uh, work administratively as seamlessly as possible so that the message uh, that we have uh, that we were putting forth in each of these conferences comes through uh, without uh, problems uh, underneath, uh, that people are comfortable when they come, things work well, and and uh, just to uh, uh, make sure that uh, uh, all the administrative things are, are taken care of. So it's been my role uh, that I felt that that was really important. Uh, and for me, uh, these conferences have been a kind of a continuation of why we talked. I talked about this company at Kirkridge as a dispersed community. And this, these conferences and the people that I have met have become uh, I feel uh, as church with them, as a community with with people, and and uh, it's been very very important in the way uh, I live and understand uh, uh, interactions uh, between myself and, and other people. Uh, one of the things you mentioned, how it has changed um, in the in the past, we basically tried to talk. Um, um, very specifically about Girardian ideas and understanding Girardian ideas. And that was uh, 
really very important, and we still do that, and that's really important. We have these um, mimetic theory uh, 101 introductory course and then the, uh, an advanced um, uh, understanding of mimetic theory. But right. I, I, what I see happening now, and which I think is important, is um, uh, how mimetic theory explains the culture and the violence in the culture that's happening around us. Um, if back in the uh, 20, just to tell this little story, in 2011, uh, Tony Bartlett and myself uh, went to a conference. I don't know exactly how we got this. I think maybe Tony was invited and he asked me to come with him uh, to in Washington, D.C. And it was called Second Acts, it was called, and it was called Becoming Church. And uh, it was sponsored by a, a, a group called the Church of the Savior in Washington, D.C. Gordon Cosby was a sure. founder of that. And there we met C.W. Harris. They were from Baltimore and Wendell Holmes. And they came because they had developed in, uh, in Baltimore uh, the newborn ministry uh, dealing with uh, rehabilitation of uh, of. Uh, uh, prisoners uh, when they got out of uh, out of jail and in, and getting them introduced back into the society, and so it was from that uh, a connection uh, that uh, uh, gave us. We were thinking then of how what, how we would have a deeper understanding of racism in the society and economic injustice in the society in light of mimetic theory. And so what has happened then is that we are trying to uh, understand the, 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 the problems in our society uh, and uh, through a mimetic theory. And so we had, you know, in 2013, uh, lynching, scapegoating, and actual innocence. That was our theme then. And then uh, we had... Uh, uh, um, a, a barriers to compassion was a continuation of that theme. And then in, uh, in uh, 2015, we talked about economics. And so, uh, and, and next year, uh, or this coming year, uh, we're talking about people and policing, about how uh, all of these problems that we have in the society. Uh, and uh, so our uh, theme if this coming year is people and policing compassion for our violence. And so I just put that little uh, note in uh, to push sure. that, which uh, sure. is going to be coming up May 24th, 25th and 26th. In, uh, Absolutely. So, uh, and we've got all these uh, people uh, lined up to speak to the, to the, to this topic. So that's, I think how it has changed over the yeah. years. And, uh, and it's been my, my real pleasure and honor to uh, be involved in this. Well, uh, Tony, uh, before we uh, sign off, I uh, we haven't uh, I haven't you mentioned some dates and years and so forth, uh, but uh, people listening to this may not uh, may have to guess at your age. Are you comfortable telling us your age? Yes, that's okay. I I just turned eighty. So, uh, just turned 80. Okay. Well, I, you, your life has been one of not just theory but action. Um, I know that you're still involved in some volunteer services. What, what, what do you, what do you yeah, do so Currently now, since I've retired, 
uh, I'm um, uh, involved with uh, uh, a community kitchen, a food pantry uh, that um, uh, actually twice a month uh, uh, we have a thing called the Elmira Community Kitchen, uh, and I help uh, organize it and order food, and we serve uh, a client paper people there, uh, and and that's a very you know moving experience. And uh, I work together with others uh, to do that. Uh, this last um, session, we served 140 meals actually, so there's wow. a, a real need uh, for these uh, for these things in the in the community. And then the other thing as a volunteer, um, it isn't so much, it's more for, like for personal development and to keep myself going. I sing. I sing with a, um, a group called the Cantata Singers. It's a choral group. And it's uh, really been very wonderful and uh, uh, pleasurable and something I've enjoyed. Oh, and, and, and the music is also, I, I play the accordion. And I have a group uh, that we put together. Uh, there's myself, my accordion uh, teacher, a friend of mine who plays the um, uh, mandolin, and, I, and uh, a young woman who sings. And we uh, do a ministry of music to people in the uh, nursing facility here oh, yeah. in uh, St. Joseph's Hospital. Uh, and uh, uh, about four or five times a year, we sing for the residents there. And it's Fun for us, and uh, it. Uh, I think the residents there enjoy it quite a bit. So those are some of the things that have been keeping <laughs> me going uh, at the present time. Well, you know, Tony, uh, a key part of uh, mimetic theory is um, the model. Yes. And uh, you are providing uh, an inspirational model to a lot of us. And uh, I thank you for sharing today. And I think a lot of people who uh, could have known you but haven't known your story, haven't known your involvement, will find uh, uh, your story to be very inspirational. And I look forward to seeing you in May at uh, the conference. And uh, yes. we'll, we'll go from there. Yes, thank you. Thank I you. just would say one other thing. You know, here sure. I'm talking as an individual. And one of the things that comes out of, uh, of Rene Girard is uh, how – uh, is interdividuality how uh, we just uh, we're we're um, uh, inspired and uh, our desires are formed by the desires of others and so yeah. these things uh, is not just something that's come out of me uh, but right. they have come out of the people that I have been in contact with and uh, have had relation with and I just always enjoy that term desire according to the desire of the other. Uh, I know um, um, uh, James Allison has talked about that a great deal, and he's Absolutely. also been a, a great influence on me. So thank you very much, and I certainly do look forward to seeing you soon. Okay, thank you much. And we'll put a little space there, and uh, that's it. Okay, well, <laughs> that was painless. That was painless. That was painless. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll, it'll take a couple of days to edit it down, and uh, then I'll get it up. And we'll figure out how. I'm not sure exactly how we're going to distribute it, but we'll figure out a way to do that. So I'll, I'll let enough. you know when it's when it's up. Okay. All Thank right. you so much, Thank Paul. I will see you at care. the board meeting. You, uh, well, and, and, yeah, here, I'll hear you in a couple of weeks. That's correct. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye. You happy Thanksgiving to you. Bye bye. Bye.